0: Hello and welcome to Beer Prime, episode 34, Unbarred Brewery. Hi, thanks for joining me again on the Beer Prime podcast. I'm your host, Paul, and I'm happy to be joined today by Jordan Mower, head brewer and founder of Unbarred Brewery, based down in Brighton. We'll be drinking a few of their beers whilst we chat about how things started and where they're heading. But before that, let's look at what's happening in the world of beer at the moment.
1: Beer news.
0: Siren open first pub. The team at Siren Craft Brew, guests in episode 2 and as part of the catch-up episode 15, have announced that they have taken over the George and Dragon pub in Swallowfield, around a 10 minute drive from their brewery and taproom, and located close to Wokingham. Siren have been looking to extend into pubs and bars, but say that they would only have done so when the time was right, the place was right, and they could do the venue and themselves justice. The Georgian Dragon, or as they are referring to it as the G&D, dates back to the 17th century and sits in a Grade 2 listed building, which became a pub after becoming a coach house at the turn of the 20th century. The existing team are staying on at the pub and Siren envisage giving it a gentle refurbishment at some time, however, they are happy that it's a great place to enjoy their beers and the pub's great food. Visit the pub's website georgedragonpub.com or check out their Instagram on at georgedragonrg7 and if you want to visit them in person they're open from Tuesday to Saturday from 12pm to 11pm and Sundays from 12pm to 5pm it's certainly added to the list of places that I've got to get to Verdant Brewing Co. collaborates with fellow Cornish breweries Falmouth's Verdant Brewing Co. forthcoming guest on the podcast have collaborated with three of their fellow Cornish breweries to make a series of four single hopped IPAs which were all brewed in the same week. The series, known as Doubling Down, was created with Black Flag, Padstow and Pipeline Breweries and will be launched nationally this coming Friday 22nd of October. Verdant say that the malt bill and water profiles remain identical across the beers, however they have taken the opportunity to ferment these brews with four different yeast strains. They call this an exploration in both Hop and Yeasties, and proclaim that they are giddy with experimental anticipation. The four pack is available on their website and from the end of this week will also be available from independent bottle shops across the country. It contains 440ml cans of each beer, three of which are at 8% ABV and the remaining one clocking in at 7.7. Kegged versions are available at several venues across the country, including the participating breweries' bars and tap rooms. Check them out at verdantbrewing.co. Jagerwise Wise and James Blunt to host a new Amazon Prime beer show. Brewer and broadcaster Jager Wise of London's Wildcard Brewery, my guest in episode 11, will be joined by musician and publican James Blunt to host Beer Masters on Amazon Prime. Billed as the search for Europe's next great beer, the show will launch on the 11th of November. The show will be made up of five episodes and will see home brewers from the UK and Europe challenged to brew different styles of beer. In each episode, the contestants will learn the secrets behind some of Europe's most famous beers before heading home to create their versions. One beer from each episode will be awarded gold and placed in the final. In addition to creating the beer, the brewers will also design the label and some dishes to pair with their beers. Judges will mainly be made up of brewers from AB Imbev's stable, such as Camden Town, Leffe, and Stella Artois. But Jager's involvement will hopefully bring a true craft view to proceedings. The winner will be given the chance to develop their own craft beer. Okay, so now it's time to welcome my main guest. So please welcome Jordan Mower of Unbarred Brewery in Brighton. Hello. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having us on the show. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, it's great to have you on. Uh, now, uh, you sent a box of absolutely fantastic looking beers. Thanks for those. And I'm really looking forward to delving into them. Uh, we're starting on a classic beer of yours. I guess one of your core
1: range, and that's Juicy indeed yeah thank you um yeah juicy is the beer that i've gone to straight away for as well cheers this is uh this is the beer that pretty much uh all the brewers will grab at the end of the day and have a juicy (laughs) it's our uh flagship bit we don't have uh many cores or what we call regulars uh but juicy has um become uh, a regular and was actually intended to be um it's definitely of the moment in terms of full mouthfeel soft pillowy loads of uh protein malts oats in there and then we've got uh amarillo and Sim- simcoe which uh two of my favorite hops even even before the new england style was around just that beautiful combination of, of grapefruit and, and orange zest uh at a a nice sessionable abv of 5.1 as well <laughs>
0: yeah absolutely it's uh, tasting what, absolutely what spot on
1: sorry yeah.
0: yeah thank you <laughs> no, no, f- well 5.1 yeah quite quite sessionable really it's in that range isn't it I, I think um but yeah spot on the flavors um as you said uh you know very citrusy grapefruity really coming through nice and nice and strong there lovely indeed so yeah what's your what's your role at umbard
1: so i mean it, it started off me on my own uh so i was uh, one of everything. Um, And now I'm more head brewer uh, and and managing director. Uh, And and one thing no one can take away from me is is, is founder. So uh, my day day to day uh, is very much working with sales, marketing and and the brewery um, and uh, going out meeting everyone else we possibly can doing collaborations i try to be on every single collaboration i i have done so far um but yeah i'll even be out there scrubbing the floor and and today i was hand bottling some barrel aged beer as well so wow yeah i'll I'll do pretty much everything going for the time (laughs) being (laughs)
0: excellent hands on that's what i like and yeah. so, I mean, I've I've read a little bit about the uh, the history of the the brewery. It seems very interesting. I know, you know, it, it starts pretty much like a lot of breweries do with uh, you know you home brewing. But can you take us through the the progression from you home brewing in your shed?
1: Yeah, it's uh, been an extremely organic journey that I'm um, very fortunate to have. I had a pretty well-paid job project managing um, for the water industry Um, so I had quite a bit of knowledge in water uh, and started home brewing and got beyond obsessed uh, to the point my wife was like I'm not sure if this is a kitchen anymore like there's just (laughs) holes everywhere So. Excuse me. I did promise when we when we buy our first house, um, we'll get a shed that has enough room for us to. Uh, I can do some brewing in the garden, uh, which turned into Hove's first nano brewery, uh, and I, I won an award, uh, Bev Robin Shield at the Camera Sussex Camera Festival, um, and on that shield was uh, Burning Sky, Dark Star, uh, and myself. Wow! Um, so that was it.
0: Illustrious company. It,
1: it, absolutely, I was over the moons, you can imagine. And uh, yeah, that just said to me, right, you need to make a go at this. Um, and, and with support from from everyone around me. Um, yeah, leave your well paid job and, and become a brewer, which uh, as mm. every brewer will tell you, you don't get into it for the money um you get into it because the passion tells you you must do it yeah (laughs) for most of us anyway um so i ended up going to a brewery where i became head brewer very quickly um at two tribes when they're in horshams in sussex still Mm. uh and then another brewery uh which was contract brewing um i i went there and started filling tanks for some other people um and enough money to brew Unbarred uh, uh, became head brewer there and uh, helped a lot of breweries on their way. Um, a lot of Sussex breweries but even some internationals including Goose Island uh, worked on a beer called the Golden Goose with them. Mm. Um, so I, I have got, I had many, many, many brews under my belt before uh, we got our home in Brighton, which is uh, only two years ago uh, we we started yeah. uh, on that site. And I could put 100% of my attention into UnBard and actually have a team around me that, that believe in the same vision. So yeah. these last few years has gone absolutely mad. <laughs> uh as, as the world has for most of us um but in terms of brewing we've uh quadrupled uh production and we are now at maximum capacity on this site uh in a very short time frame Um so we are, are currently now looking for a another site
0: oh i see right okay so the the site you're talking about that you moved into a couple of years ago uh is in elder place and that's just uh only a few minutes walk away from brighton station
1: staggering distance absolutely yeah, fantastic <laughs> you,
0: you couldn't be any better cuz i mean you know i i don't get me wrong absolutely love so many of the breweries uh, around, that are around in industrial estates here and there and you know they're they're pitching up where they can and where they can find space brilliant but sometimes yeah. they're quite inaccessible aren't they really whereas you guys really? yeah as you say you can you can arrive on the train quick walk when you know brisk walk when when, you're, when you're, you when know, you you know you know beers in, get that's to it. your place, have several beers, and that's when yep. the staggering starts. Back to the station. What what can what can go wrong? Well, exactly. Right, we, we, we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> we we'll go there about ending up at the end of the line instead of instead of your stop. But I mean, it's it's brilliant. No, really
1: we're really a... fortunate yeah it was it was a dream of mine from brewing my shed to think you know one day could have an actual a tap room uh, showcasing loads of different beers and that's something i'm living now um yeah we're we're brewing a new beer um every one to two weeks uh, or bringing back a beer a much loved beer um back into the the portfolio again so yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're i'm really really fortunate
0: Oh fantastic. And um the the tap room, how many lines uh, could uh, could a visitor expect to uh
1: to be? Yeah, we've got, yeah, we got 12 lines in there. Um and we have uh one lager which which isn't our own. Um again, we're at maximum capacity and we just can't afford to leave a tank held up to produce a lager the way it should be. But uh, we use yeah. Austin Grounded, which uh are wonderful, wonderful brewers, um, doing fantastic lager. So we've got that option. And then if we do a collaboration, which which happens regularly, um, we'll we'll put on those guest beers as well. Um, we did one recently with Siren, um, which, which was a real honor for me. Um, they really one of the brews that inspired me to, to brew it in the beginning and uh um yeah they go with some cask as well so that that was absolutely wonderful yeah <laughs> mm. um and we had a uh, full circle recently we did code coda with those guys which i believe you got one of the cans we got one of the cancer yeah, yeah I,
0: well that's one that we're drinking a little bit later on so
1: brilliant brilliant I'll, I'll, well Good we'll perfect. move on to that yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> what else can you say about the tap room in terms of you know, besides the beer if 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 i was to be visiting
1: sure so we uh pride ourselves as as part of what Umbar does is uh, working with local uh, creatives and, and the local community so a lot of our cans you'll see artwork that uh, Brighton illustrators have done graphic designers uh, photographers uh, and looking at the pieces that we're going to do next year which we're working with street artists as well or graffiti artists um, so you should see a bit of that artwork around our top room um, more we're just getting printed up at the moment um and we've got barrels on, on one side there which literally today we were um bottling so we were doing uh some 750 ml magnum bottles uh champagne bottles of stout zilla this is the wow. first year we're actually going to be barrel aging stout zilla it's always been a decadent indulgent projects each year to to bring out um and Mm. and create some of the flavors that you get from barrel aging uh but this time yeah we've actually got buffalo trace bourbon barrels in there so they're on the side uh and and a few of those are empty now uh and we've got something else experimental in there um and yeah food wise um I mean we've my, my business partners uh, also own Father Mano, which is a amazing pizzeria, uh Neapolitan style pizzas. Um mm done the way they should be um which are just across the road from us but if you want you can use Deliveroo and get anything you want delivered from the town so um, trying to keep it the possible. I wish we had room for a kitchen but we don't we, we barely have room to put boxes at the moment so yeah yeah
0: <laughs> it's nice the food truck style of model I think is is really good because there are a lot mm. of places that, as you say, don't have the space um, or it's sometimes even the inclination uh, to set up you know, your own kitchen and the cost of then employing a chef and all that kind of thing. And then I guess a menu that would be established would be restricted in certain dishes, whereas inviting in food trucks or you know, somebody else, you've got that option to provide food without without the hassle, I guess, of you providing it. But also change yeah. things up a bit, where with you know with different different styles of food coming in.
1: Yeah, we used to do pop ups on Sundays when we first opened up, and and used lots of different um, trucks. And some found some ones from London actually brought in loads of people uh, specifically um, just to come and see those guys, which was, which was great. Mm. Um, but overall, Brighton is the most obsessed roast dinner sunday uh vibes you'll you'll ever find in any town so people want there is the sunday roast club there are loads of online forums everyone's (laughs) going on about their sunday roast because we have loads of really lovely old school pubs cozy vibes and quite often you'll just get a really great chef that will go straight in just for to do the roast on a sunday well something we can't compete with um no, so yeah, yeah. sunday's are closed <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly
0: if you can't beat them can't compete with it. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're,
1: we're, we're a roast town um and, and that's fine but uh yeah yeah i I'll go i'm out there myself so <laughs> I, I, yeah
0: i was i was gonna say i, I love a good roast so that's
1: yeah
0: <laughs> that's where i would be brilliant
1: can't
0: um, argue no can't argue at all um I, I noticed on your website uh what the logo says unbarred beers and more. Um, yes so what does the more refer to
1: yes um i've always got a list bigger than i can possibly brew of of things that i would like to brew um but i think it's the absolute engagement and the constant push of experimentation which will lead to other products other than just beer Mm. Um, you know with some of the concepts concepts of the beers that we've got um I love to challenge what a beer is and, and what people perceive a beer to be. Um, but going forwards, we, we're working on uh, low and no alcohol as well, um, which will be a very big twist on, um, I find personally anyway, I, I find it's a real shame when someone tries to make a hoppy pale at one or two percent. Um, it, it It's not a good... Hoppy pale <laughs> and, and that ABV it just doesn't work. I, I believe you need alcohol to carry those those notes and and bring those hops and make let them shine uh, in yeah. that body. But there are other ways, which um, a lot of is in the experimental phase at the moment. But there are a hell of a lot of ways to make much more interesting, engaging drinks uh, and and lots of ways of doing theatre. Um, so yeah, lots of other products we're working on, but um it's it's not just beers for us it's it's a culture it's a lifestyle and and very much uh, a reflection of our, our our town and our community so um plenty more to come <laughs> okay
0: wonderful wonderful we were talking about when you moved into uh, elder place uh, as you say 2019
1: yes yeah yeah just yeah. just two years yeah yeah
0: so uh six months or so later yeah then you just really sort of bedded in i guess yeah. and establish yourselves and all of a sudden we're in the middle of a pandemic everybody's yeah. locked down <laughs> what i mean you know I, I think it's perhaps a silly question to say you know what did it how did it affect you but more so how did you guys turn things around and and how yeah. did you adapt to to the situation
1: well i had more hair <laughs> <laughs> um no uh, that's probably one of the ways it affects me. Um, <laughs> for us fortunate that we're such a small team um i say a team there's about 16 of us uh including uh the taproom uh team as well and we just had to evolve daily weekly it was what's coming next you know i don't know if you remember uh white gold you know the the toilet roll um <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, we're coming up with ideas like how about we sell toilet roll for like one bit of toilet roll, like one roll of toilet roll. We sell it for 50 quid, but you get like 15 beers with it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we're, we're just constantly brainstorming these ideas of, well, let's use it to our advantage in some degree um, and, yeah. and evolve with the times. But um yeah everyone works unbelievably hard and really tough choices of you know putting people on furlough etc um a lot of people wanted to come in you know i don't want to be staying at home (laughs) is the business okay you know have got real love for what we're doing and you know just starting up so very fortunate um Mm. of, of the team that we've got um but what what it did end up doing for us is actually creating probably the best possible engagement, especially with our local community online uh, and and nationally is great. But the amount of people that would see the van or see the car, like we were all out in our cars as well in our vans, um, getting beer cans in hands was the catchphrase all the way through. What can Mm. we do more? Um, Doing deals on two litre bottles that we're filling from kegs because obviously there's nowhere to put the kegs yeah um and yeah uh neighbors would speak to neighbors and people on local facebook groups like you need to check out this brewery i've never heard of them before didn't even know you when you're in your own bubble you like think oh how come these people haven't heard of us and still now two years later oh didn't mm-hmm. know you guys what you where do you where do you brew it's like right in the center of yeah. town <laughs> um it's 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 quite fascinating but yeah we we gained so much support and then when Uh, everything opened back up again um, and especially the pubs we had an unbelievable amount uh, of of support and and accounts ready to take more beer brilliant Um, Brilliant. so on on the other side of it um, i think we did everything as best as we possibly could and Mm. um, we've gained a hell of a lot of support and loyalty all the way through it yeah yeah oh excellent well that
0: sounds great uh it's yeah brilliant being as you say proactive and getting out there and uh you know trying to to do as much as you could yeah, right exactly. okay so i think it's time for another beer and sure. uh we've got the german ipa in an absolutely beautiful can um i mean the artwork i love i love the uh, design and the artwork of that is it's, it's Thank fantastic you. those
1: colors really pop don't they as well they do
0: indeed yeah it's nice different. Um, and the beer itself is uh, a Hallertau blanc and huel melon ipa yeah so beautiful uh german hops let's crack this open and whilst i pour this one out um tell me a little bit about this beer and and what's inside beside obviously those two hops
1: so yeah this one absolutely have loved this you know there's obviously a huge passion for uh the craze for haze isn't dying down too much but um i think you'll find and the more brewers you're, you're probably speaking to as well um our excitement and interest of bringing back a little bit of bitterness and a bit of classic styles, continental styles and this is a crossover of quite a few things here so we've got a really clean um, base with lots of pilsner um, Mm going down the German route there. We've got a uh, Kolsch yeast so you can ferment it warm but it's got a, a fairly clean uh, contribution of flavours from, from the yeast. Um, but then we've treated the fermentation as we would with a New England IPA. So we've um, done some high fermentation hopping and we've done some cold side fermentation hopping just to get all the different layers of these fantastic hops and they don't get shouted about enough Um, with their new uh, hop breeding programs they got out there they're doing some really interesting flavors so there is a nipper-esque character to it um, Mm. but the water treatments um, very much push towards uh, the sulfites to accentuate the bitterness uh, and just enough to create a bit of body to it as well a bit of a a smooth mouthfeel. so it's it's (laughs) It sort of sits between a New England, a West Coast, and, and a German beer.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very, very much a hybrid then, as you as you say on the can. It's a, it's a German hybrid.
1: Yes. Uh, and we will continue to keep doing IPAs in, in different iterations because it's such a vast category, isn't it? Like, where mm. do we stop with IPAs? Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> Just like with the Juicy, when I poured this out, really, really great head retention on the beer as well and it's just you know you mentioned soft and pillowy on the uh on the juicy but this mm. as well it's um it's got such a soft edge to it right. but but with that bite of the of the um uh of the hops obviously but also the little mm. kind of spiciness as well
1: brilliant brilliant i'm I'm, I'm glad that there, there are so many de- delicate flavors you can pick up from those hops um, yeah and uh, yeah, really nice to showcase something different other than uh, mm. the classic big hitting hops in an IPA. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, it's a, it's a very nice beer so far. So, yeah, I you had a, a few sips.
1: <laughs> um, We've been asked to brew a lot more of it already. It's been really? Great. The feedback in the tap room um, has been people have ordered uh, a two thirds and then they've gone straight for pints and stayed there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> great
0: right. okay let's uh talk about the style of beers that you look to produce because um i mean you mentioned that like about ipas and i know that there are some breweries that you know the the other styles are uh, kind of the rarities uh they you know they'll they'll brew a stout or a sour here and there but they are mm-hmm. you know vastly ipas you seem to brew um a nice wide range and you seem to focus on Body flavor, a bit of strength as well. Um, you know, mm. your 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 beers tend to be the bottom end tends to be the five percent rather than lower. What is uh, your vision of what unbarred beers should be like?
1: I will always be on the path of creativity and hopefully aspects of innovation wherever we can. Um, my personal journey it is just to share this exploration of of again what beer can be uh and, and what what we can do next and um that's always driving me forward uh i'm i'm very proud of the water treatment that we put through into our beers we spend a lot of time really focusing on that well being uh, a water
0: expert that's uh that's helped obviously <laughs> it's
1: definitely helped it's definitely helped um and uh engaging with everyone um the level of geekery to the point where we've done different acid tasting diluted acids to see what acids we should use and why and when wow. um, <laughs> that's that's how sad we are um, <laughs> but the, these these are the things that keep you on your journey of exploration so um there will be a consistent um work towards uh well or collaboration with other breweries and and i i do love collaboration for many many reasons um we will continue to do that but not just within the brewing industry but with all other industries um what you know what we are actually working with a tea company at the moment so We're all right different type of brew but uh yeah absolutely <laughs> But they are wonderful. They have a lovely story. They started in Brighton, got great alignment with those guys. And um, yeah, that, that is the future for us. Um, we'll we'll keep pushing. OK, OK, fantastic.
0: We've had the juicy. We're on the German IPA. And uh, we've mentioned that we are going to have your collaboration with Full Circle, the uh, sticky toffee pudding white out later yeah. on. So fantastic. Um, But you were kind enough to send me a nice box of beer. Um, There were eight beers in there. And let's talk about a few of those other ones, um, which I'm going to enjoy uh, over the next uh, uh, couple of weeks. I'm a big stout fan. And so I I chose the white stout because I do like a white stout. I'm intrigued by white stouts. So we'll we'll talk about that more when, when we actually crack the can open. But the other two stouts that were in there um, was a Bueno Shake, which I've, I've had a few times before and absolutely adore. Um, but, yeah, but I do love kind of the, uh, the Kinder Bueno and sort of, you know, uh, Nutella, Ferrero Rocher, which obviously all those kind of flavours that, uh, that that's in it. Um, and you mentioned Siren, your collaboration with Siren earlier. Uh, the Imperial Mexican uh, stout, the Mole-inspired uh, yes. stout, is in there as well. Um yeah those i mean bueno shaker has got to be one of your best sellers hasn't
1: it? it it's that's our dark beer as our as our regular beer our core beer which it, yeah. it was never meant to be um and then we did an imperial version and it it pre-sold uh wholesale <laughs> and then we put it online and it sold within 24 hours <laughs> which is a huge honor a huge honor that this love for this beer uh when we first launched it I made a hot chocolate fudge sauce with the beer and like these floaters. In it. so you had the glass poured the beer. Then you did ice cream, which was Nutella ice cream made by a local um, gelato company. And then we had wafers sticking in the top hazelnuts Ooh. and more hot chocolate poured over it. We were drinking <sighs> it through straws. It was ridiculous indulgence.
0: It just uh, sounds amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it, it is. It is absolutely beautiful. Um, so proud of that bit, and uh yeah, that is our dark beer offering. It's really yeah. nice to have a dark beer offering that has uh so much fun to it, and mm. um, it is actually very technical to brew. Um, when my, my lead brewer Gary, he brewed it once, brewed it twice. Like, this is a nightmare. Like <laughs> um, <laughs> it's now a <called> cool beer, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: you'll be doing this every every month. <laughs>
1: um but yeah i think we've we've done a couple of processes to make it a bit easier but what we try and do and there's techniques we use with the mashing is basically to try and make it as smooth as possible with lots and lots of layers of chocolate as the base beer yeah Um, so yeah
0: very very proud of that beer excellent and you know you mentioned earlier about the imperial version selling out within 24 hours that that must fill you such pride that you know, you've you've got to the point where you know because I, I guess there are a lot of breweries that that still really have to push their beers, um, and if you can stick something on the site, you know, do a little promotion for it, and it's and it's gone within 24 hours. Yeah, that, that must be so awesome a feeling.
1: Oh it, yeah, it is. It, it really is heartwarming, and like I say, you can be in your own bubble so much and you just keep pushing and pushing and you know you need to do whatever it takes and cannon line breaks down or something Mm. hasn't been delivered or uh glycol's broken down and you're just in there living it um and then you just see that obvious response that you've done something right uh and, and being able to go to festivals this year to actually have people come up and say i remember your first beers and i remember when you actually did this take take, take over and um, that was just really magical to to think um, and to be able to give that feedback to the brewers because, you know, brewers don't get to see much of this either. Mm. Like, you know, we've had a a message from someone here that wants to have um, our Tropic Soda as their wedding beer and they've got this lovely story how they first met and, (laughs) um, you know, uh, over this beer. So, you know, to be able to build something that people... Have really connected with 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 their heart and and part of their lifestyle is uh, yeah that makes it worthwhile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, excellent. Um, so, uh, other than uh, the obviously
0: the Imperial Mexican uh, in collaboration, the the Siren one, and the the Full Circle that we're coming on to, you've also got another. Uh, or you've also sent me another collaboration beer. You were talking earlier about how you're collaborating not only with breweries but with with other companies too um you've also sent me liner notes which is a uh, which is uh a collaboration with true thought
1: true thoughts record label um yeah yeah uh when i was growing up in brighton it was uh something so amazing to go to uh down at the concord um down madeira drive it's it's on the beach you if you've ever seen like the mod rallies or anything like that, it's, it's down Madeira Drive, mm. and there's a, a club down there um, which, which do some amazing nights. And I remember True Thoughts popping up, and they'd always have some of their acts playing or, or, or doing a DJ set down there, um, and they do some really cool creative stuff. Um, acts such as Bonobo started on there, and it was it was great. We got introduced to uh, Paul Jonas, the uh, the, the founder. And um, they started in Brighton. They started under a staircase. I started in (laughs) in a shed. (laughs) Just Uh, so much synergy there,
0: so much going going on between the two of you. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Um, We we work with so many creatives and bring something together uh, to to share creativity with with integrity. So Mm. um, to be able to do something, uh, we started talking just before lockdown hand is like well how do we flip this on its head um really want to work with you guys what we can do or you know we wanted to do a beer that we could actually have at some of their festivals and they do some really cool festivals um obviously that that, that didn't happen and then we were trying to figure out how do we do uh something with music if we they like gave us a list of some of their artists that have just signed up to the label and it's like pick one you really like and i picked one i really liked and then like two weeks later said He's got too big now. They're really famous. You can't <laughs> use them. Oh. And then they have their annual release, which is loads of acts. And they always release it on vinyl. Uh, and because of uh, everything that was going on, uh, no vinyl in long play was being produced. Mm. But you can't get hold of it. Uh, rumors of uh, Adele's album was taking up every manufacturer of oh. vinyl. <laughs> around the country and in in other <laughs> countries as well not to blame Adele of course but uh <laughs> just just to show that there was there was no no way they could get this vinyl done and mm. um, so i come up with well how about we use the can artwork to represent the album so they already had done their album artwork um, so we used that and then if you peel it back from a corner in the inside, you see all the liner notes of what you would have had in, in the vinyl release. Mm. Uh, and then if you hold your camera up against it, it will take you to the playlist on Spotify. So if you're into music and uh, into True Thoughts and and uh, you don't really know about unbards, there's an introduction there uh, and from our Customer base. Uh, here's a really cool uh, local record label with some amazing artists, which have had an even harder time than most of us in hospitality. They yeah. have had next to zero opportunity to mm. to get out there and expand their career. Um, so let's let's give back and shine the light on on some of these amazing creatives. So yeah. um, a, a really lovely project to be able to do.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's fantastic. It's so innovative as well. Um, Thank you. You know, I mean, c- have collaborations, you know, I, I'm going to come on to, I'm going to come on to the subject of collaborations in a, in a mo. but pretty much every brewery does a collaboration with a, with another brewery. And sometimes there's, you know, collaborating with a local company that, that is, as you say, not, not a brewer. But the whole aspect of what you've done there, it's not just collaborating with the record label. It's, as you as you explain they're finding the way to put that record out there yeah um, and, and you know cracking open the can peeling back you know pouring the beer first obviously into a glass yeah. to enjoy it as you then peel the label scan that code and just sit back and relax and listen to the music on spotify enjoying yeah. that beer i mean what could be what could be better than that that's brilliant
1: thank you if we could attach a pizza to it as well then oh, well, yeah. <laughs> we yeah,
0: yeah good good point good point you've <laughs> fallen short there you've fallen short Then there should have yeah. been there should have been a way that, that as you scan it deliveroo turn up at your door with <laughs>
1: yeah. oh imagine imagine
0: <laughs> that would be one expensive beer though to be honest
1: yeah it would be very expensive
0: yeah <laughs> Okay, okay. Um, so yeah, before we come on to collaborations, I just want to talk about some of your other previous beers. Um, we did talk about Stoutzilla a little bit earlier. You said about how you've got the barrel aging uh going on, which yes. sounds, by the way, just incredible. I can't can't wait for that. Um, Thanks. I did also notice you had um a an interesting honeycomb beer, honeycomb milkshake. Thanks. Tell us a little bit about that one.
1: Yeah, honeycomb milkshake. Um, again, that was meant to be a one-off, uh, and got a lovely story behind that. Um, our good friends or personal friends of mine, um, Bison. They're they're in Brighton, and they have uh, uh, a craft beer shop. They've had a few craft beer shops and and, and pub outlets as well, uh, and, and brew their own beer. They came up to when I was contract brewing on that site before before Unbar was in the centre of Brighton. Um, excuse me, they came up and um, we wanted to, I think it was Jack from Bison that suggested something with honey and the idea evolved to a milkshakey honey and I was like, let's make it specifically honeycomb, use Brighton uh, Hove honey. So, got in touch with local beekeepers, got some honey and we then got someone to make us honeycomb from the honey. So using bicarb, which actually buffers the water as well. And we made this like new England base with quite a bit of lactose, vanilla, and honey. And it was meant to be a one-off brew and then we can't brew enough of it. Uh, whenever we brew it, it disappears instantly. Uh, our biggest <laughs> output for that beer is actually Japan. Um, a customer customer came (laughs) in to our bar and um loved the beer so much and he was working out in japan and he went to the guys there and just said you need to try out this brewery i lived down the road from in in um i think he lived in uh Uh, um, no sorry lansing not far away at all they just went mad for it. They 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 don't have that gap filled in their market. And uh, recently, we've been seeing all these TikTok videos of people drinking honeycomb milkshake, <laughs> and there's there's all these Japanese uh, animations going around the screen, and they're, they're <laughs> loving this beer. Uh, for me to to tap into that culture and and uh, inspire them uh, has been incredible. But uh, we've evolved it, keep brewing it. I mean, the first time I brewed it um pasteurized the honey by sitting uh tubs of honey in in hot water and then mm. poured it into the tank and then found out very quickly that honey does not dissolve into beer that way uh, oh. it just sinks to the bottom of your tank <laughs> and then when you're trying to dump off all your trub yeast the the things you don't want before packaging uh, nothing was coming out because
0: it was bound together probably isn't
1: it it was absolutely (laughs) stuck down there uh but apparently that's how mead was invented um okay they (laughs) they poured water over the top of honey to stop the bees flying around and then found that it would eventually uh ferment right Um, so i've we've now increased our process on that uh and we've also changed the yeast so we found using london fog with uh, this recipe actually really helps work towards specifically the honeycomb aspect of the beer and yeah. um, changing that yeast up with the honey. Oh fantastic. I've I've not had that
0: beer but um I've had a few uh honeycomb stouts that I've really enjoyed. Ooh. Um and because I you know one of my favorite uh, chocolate bars is a crunchy so right. <laughs> having having sort of a beer in in the in the form of uh, of, of like a, a Crunchy bar is is fantastic, but this one sounds very intriguing because it's it's kind of partly that, but it's uh, you're talking about you know the New England base, so it sounds very very you know similar but but different. So uh, I'm glad that you do brew that uh, on on a semi regular basis um, because I, I look yeah. forward to uh, searching out the the next uh, the next batch that comes out.
1: Absolutely. We'll we'll sort you out. Don't you worry.
0: Oh, brilliant. Um, Right. Okay. So uh, we talked about collaborations uh, a little bit earlier, and I just wanted to talk a little bit about collaborations in general, I guess, first, rather than sort of any specific one. Firstly, you know, what do you get as as a brewer um, out of being involved in these collaborations? I mean, you mentioned earlier that you try to make sure that you're they're present on, on all the collaborations that you do. Is it because there's just something that, that you draw from, from a collaboration that you just have to be there?
1: Um, so it's that deep emotion and desire of of brewing and creativity that gets expressed through a collaboration. And when you've got someone who's been through a similar journey to you that really wants to push your boundaries and, and try something new, and they have all of their experience that they've done in their little world, through the people they've met and the research they've done, and you've you've done that in your own little world. And it's, it's so funny when you can tell we've you've both been reading journals and brewers journals, and maybe you've been reading something you know from from the eighteen hundreds or <laughs> you know some old history on on porters or whether it's an American journal, and you then say out loud the things you've been reading is like. We don't even know how these things are pronounced, you know. <laughs> We've been in our own little worlds doing these things. And it's like, what's that called again? <laughs> yeah, can okay, you call it that? Um, but to come together and share your journey and your experiences and then do something together, um, that's, that's the most exciting thing. And I think when I first started doing collaborations, there was such a rush to get the brew done uh, on the brew day it wasn't as relaxing uh because you just got to get things done and you're you're bouncing around and I've I've now fortunate in a position that I've got uh brewers around us that we can have guests come down and actually entertain them and get them food and sit down and enjoy beer and really discuss our journeys and where we think the beer industry is going to go. So yeah. one of the great uh great collaboration I did uh actually yesterday. Is it Wednesday today? Yeah. It is Wednesday. Yesterday, <laughs> I was in Liverpool. So this this is so surreal. I, I went up on Monday on the train to Liverpool, uh, spent the day up there, went out in the evening with Les from Neptune Brewery um, as part of our, our collabor- collabageddon, uh series mm. um, and then stayed overnight, tra- treated us like a king. They're really lovely, fantastic people. Um, and he's very much a cast brewer. Yeah. So... For me, that was fascinating because my original t- teaching was uh, my mentor was the ex-head brewer of Green King, so his deep knowledge and science base on um, uh, on beer is, is 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 wonderful. And to then work with someone in the modern days that is still very traditional uh, taught and and very cast driven. Um, and and I think even he it sort of has looked at some of our beers and gone oh putting all that stuff in your beer <laughs> uh, which which is which is fine and I know I know where he's coming from um, so it was like I don't take offence from that um, yeah you are a traditionalist um, mm. but we did a Scotch ale together and I don't get the opportunity to do a malt bomb a fruit bomb a hop bomb no problem um just to do a malt bomb it, it probably wouldn't fit in our profile we wouldn't be expected too much of us at uh, unbarred yeah so for me it was like great and can i have some cask off you and it's like yeah we'll do a few extra casts for you as well so that was an honor and uh we did a a technique called caramelization where you bring in some of the work from your mash into the kettle and you boil it very vigorous and very fast Um, when it's just covering those elements so it starts to caramelize the wort so i learned something so much it was such a great experience to be able to do that and and you know people say oh it's trad broomers yeah there's (laughs) there's still so much to learn from 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 this and yeah such lovely people so in every word i've been to uh, the last week or the week before i was with full circle uh on the return visit so we brewed a tipper with them and the next day I was up at Brew York. Uh and uh we've brewed a um I'm trying to think of the name now. It's a ridiculous name. It's uh <laughs> something to because it's got apples in it. It's like Bramling, Gra- Granny Bramling's uh, Bramling addict. It's is it's a twist <laughs> on her gambling addict. Uh, uh <laughs> um, with with crazy amount of fruit going into that and making a sour so i've got yeah. a zipper a fruit sour and then i've done a traditional scotch sour and cast in a very short like Brilliant. in less than months yeah so, yeah
0: and i guess you, you yeah. learn you learn so much as well from from those exchanges don't you i guess yeah. And, yeah and like and likewise people will come to you or you'll go to them and and you'll you'll brew something and and they'll take something from from you too which is amazing it's uh, yeah i mean I'm labouring a point that I've that I've said so many times on this podcast uh, that you know people that that listen regularly will uh, be like, oh for God's sake, don't say it again. But it's just yeah. it's something that you would not find in any other industry. You wouldn't no. get people that are, are essentially competitors working yeah. together in such a pally way. You would not get yeah. it, and that is in a nutshell why I love the craft beer industry so well I mean you know I love it because I love the beer as well but yeah. but I just it's, it's one of the reasons that I just love the craft beer industry so much is that you get this kind of thing happening not just you know that it happens on occasion it happens all the bloody time and it's brilliant
1: and the, you know if you support them or not I'm I'm not a camera member anymore um but it was a group of people that came together to fight for independence of of modern beer at that time modern Mm. beer and to support uh small businesses thriving and growing and to reduce the amount of people drinking terrible beer in in mass volumes um we're still trying to do that you know we are still craft beer is still very much a small percentage of of what we drink uh, as a nation. Um, So I don't see any enemies or uh, competitors. Um, I see us all just trying to grow uh, a bigger market and and get more and more people enthusiastic about knowing their product, where it's from, how it's sourced, how it's made, uh, Mm. and being part of that and and, and being able to support businesses no matter what size in, in the craft industry, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, excellent. Um, and I hear you've got Zapato Brewery coming to you for the, your other leg of collab again.
1: Yes, so we've just done um, uh, the collab with them. And unfortunately, they couldn't come down um, at the time. Oh, right. um, we we have done uh, uh, the other side of, of uh, traditionalists. We've done a beer with uh, Cryo Pop. Which is a a new hop uh, blend, um, which is claiming to have you know next to no bitterness, uh, with some Cryo Citra and some Cryo Simcoe. Uh, So using all these hops to get as much tropical notes as possible. And we shipped in a yeast from the States, which we propagated ourselves. Um, I remember when I was out in the West Coast, all their New Englands had this same flavour, and I couldn't find out what this yeast was, but I just found out what this yeast was now uh, from, from Imperial. And yeah, we've used in this beer to make uh, a big juicy hop bomb with the guys. Uh, we've been on the phone and we've we've built a really good relationship and uh, hope to really catch up with those guys soon. But uh, mm. yeah, uh, a, a, a great beer on its way, very, very opposite from uh, Trad Brewing. <laughs> yeah. Excellent.
0: Okay, uh, so let us now crack that white coffee start open, shall we? It. Uh, not, not white coffee, sorry, white tof- uh, toffee.
1: Toffee. A, a, white,
0: a white stout, yeah, a sticky toffee pudding white stout. Let's crack that open. And this one.
1: You can see it's not too hard to um, mm. think of the names for our beers. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's a mouthful, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, absolutely, absolutely. And, I mean, by the way, uh, you mentioned... Um, about the German IPA being uh, in high demand. Uh, I can see why. Absolutely loved that one. Oh, thank it, you. It was just just beautiful. Really, really, really gorgeous. And this is certainly a good advert for your canning line because the heads on all of these have been absolutely perfect every single time.
1: Brilliant. <laughs> good.
0: So, cheers. Cheers. So, this one is the... Uh, the collaboration with full circle brew it's an eight percent uh sticky toffee pudding wax stout. so tell me about this one
1: i'm really happy with this beer it it hopefully for you and so far pretty much everyone that's drunk it uh has said yes it does exactly what it says on the tin <laughs> um we had this up at uh, London Craft Beer Festival and it was great when you saw brewers grabbing other brewers to come over and try it and how, how have you achieved this? Working with Full Circle as well, they were due to come down, even books their hotel for the collab uh, and then the spike of COVID in Brighton went absolutely rocketing high We oh, were making the team so we were doing shifts in the brewery so we weren't potentially in each other's space so if a one brew team went down then we could all other people could jump in so um but we've just been up to new i've been up to newcastle recently and improved them on their on their kit as well um great guys absolutely love their passion and what they're doing so we come to a conclusion that we needed to do balance this has been a real tough one to balance you're trying to get in all the aspects of what a stout is uh, or create the illusion of what a stout is and and play with the mind a little bit because if you looked at it you would not expect it to be um, vanilla roast chocolate um We've achieved all of that with obviously sticky toffee pudding as well. So we've used date sugar yeah. in there as well to, to ferment through with the uh, the dates there. Um, and it was the borderline, the darkest we could possibly go. We uh, wanted to use this uh, malt called um, DRC double roasted crystal, and that actually helps bring in layers of toffee and plum. Um, mm. Don't know if you get plumbed, but the more it warms up, um the more the malts really shine. So uh,
0: mm. well, again, well, I a mean, bit
1: like task, it was it was really playing with the malts here, uh yeah. and, and then using vanilla uh and uh cold steeped coffee to help bring out these other accents. Yeah, well,
0: I mean I've had it out of the fridge. Basically, took all of the beers uh out of the fridge just before we started. Um right. and I had a little cold bag for the other IPA. So obviously the juicy was just out of the fridge when we cracked it. The German IPA had then sat in the, in the cold bag uh, and the stout has been set out for, well, what? Um, probably about an hour.
1: Perfect. And,
0: Brilliant. and yeah, I mean, I'm getting all that you say, and it is absolutely gorgeous. This is Thank just, <laughs> that toffee is just hitting you. Yeah, before, I mean, when I was pouring it, I'm not terribly good with distances, probably about, you know, a foot away when you're pouring it and that toffee smell just comes right out of the can. As soon as you're pouring it into the bottom of the glass, it's just the the smell is coming up. And when you taste it as well, that toffee is prominent. It's just a a fantastic. And as I said before, I do, I love stouts. I love the stouts, but it's not about necessarily them all being, you know, I'm not a stout traditionalist in the sense that, oh, you can't have a white stout. You
1: know,
0: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm intrigued by white stouts yes. because I've, I've tasted several, many, many, actually, that really, really just don't do it for me. Um, and I think in some respects, I mean, I'm not a brewer, but I would imagine that getting a white stout right is probably a lot harder than than the darker variety. Is that is that true?
1: Oh, hugely, hugely it is a really hard uh balance there's so many attributes you have to consider all the way through the brew it is definitely not about throwing more at it it's about throwing the bare minimums um Mm. so even using smoke malt to bring in that accent um you probably can't really realize there is a smoke malt but if you really think about it um it brings it helps bring in the roasty uh, chocolate and all that story, it's just building those notes, so to write that virtually and it come together in the actual brew um, yeah, really 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 happy with that, we have actually I believe, I don't know if it is today um, but we did have the number one white stout in the UK on Untappd um, yeah. I think this was in the top five as well so we're trying to dominate the white stout <laughs> <Yeah>. market <laughs>
0: The white <laughs> South market yeah. But yeah. it's a massive, a massive market, Huge so, market so, isn't yeah. it? Yes, We've
1: been supermarkets of it. So.
0: It's just it's just under lager, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Heineken are really getting worried now at this at this stage. But no, <laughs> seriously, though, it's it's an exceptional beer. Um, well done. Thank it's just are. such a good beer. And I'm reminded looking at the can that it's eight percent. Um, and I can only tell that by looking at the can. I, I can't tell that by drinking it. It does not taste anything remotely like 8%, no, which absolutely. is a, which is dangerous, which is dangerous, but just
1: beautiful. Just, Brilliant. I mean, great. like with cocktails, the, the sign of a great cocktail is to not know the ABV. And even with our Imperial Stouts, we, we use yeasts that we can uh, ferment extremely low temperatures to get them as smooth and clean as possible. Um, so you could drink it sessionably um, and not know how strong it is. that's not trying that's not trying to stitch anyone up but um, <laughs> what, <Yeah. laughs> what I'm yeah. trying to say drinkability is probably a key concept.
0: Yeah yeah absolutely um, And it's a great time to talk about camera because the can that we're drinking has just incredible art on it and this right. is from is it a local artist called lewis
1: it is he's he's an absolute legend uh, that his is that's his first uh, art piece he did for us so um our uh marketing uh, manager um brett actually gets his his haircut um by lewis he's he's a barber he's <laughs> right. uh, a
0: barber with a with a Incredible talent for art then as well.
1: Incredible talent for illustration and, and hopefully we're catapulting yeah. his career uh, in illustration. He'd done some pieces, showed us on Instagram and Brett's job was to to, to find more artists in town that, that we could work with. Mm. And um, he absolutely nailed it. We, he showed us some of the bits that he did and we just said, you know he was like, Oh, you know, you want to play it like this, and you know, it's like, no, go far out there, mate. You you're great, it's your canvas, I don't want to hold you back. Um, it's a sticky toffee pudding, white stout. If you can focus on the sticky toffee and go <laughs> as far out there as you want. So he he basically did this sort of acid trip in the desert <laughs> with a guy stuck in toffee. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah, and so if this is his first uh, first effort, then, uh, well, you know, he's, he's got a great future ahead of him.
1: He has, and and we're working more with him, so uh, you'll see very soon our Single Hop Single Fruit series, uh, which we're really excited to, to launch this year again. Um, and he has done a three-piece set so that the three cans will stack up to make one piece of artwork. Oh wow. Um, so yeah keep your eyes peeled. I haven't even got all the labels delivered to us yet yeah, so, yeah. that
0: sounds good um, And you've also done a lot of uh, with not so just art uh, as in illustration art but mm-hmm. with photography you've got your NEPA series Yeah. Which, uh, showcases local photographers yeah um, and uh, the, the the one I've got I think is the the surfer. Um,
1: fantastic yeah, oh, amazing yeah
0: brilliant brilliant photo so Isn't uh, it beautiful? I mean is that the, that series of those beers are all about local photography
1: yeah all of them are local artists um and uh been very fortunate to to find a, a mixture of professionals and amateurs it's been really hard to do and I've had to learn a lot about uh how what is the value of a photograph? Um, it's not my industry, I can appreciate photography. Um, but understanding uh, how it works, and, and how it works with collaboration and, and, and understanding that market has been great. But to use a mixture of uh, amateurs and professionals um, has been great and, and, and an amazing series. Doing them all in black and whites has been a monochrome series. Mm. They've actually jumped out more on the shelf than other cans. Who, who yeah. does just black and white cans, right? <laughs> uh, but the base beer, you know, it's, it's the same base beer. It's a Niba series, it's 7%. Um, we've barely tweaked the base of it or the yeast. It's about showcasing those hops. So for us, it's an experimentation of seeing what we can do. Um, and, and fascinating for the outcome of using the exact same volume of hops uh, and, and and the different levels of perceived bitterness that you can get when you're not targeting any bitterness at all. Um, mm. Wonderful experiment. How do you put that in a concept in an image? Well, you can't really. So let's showcase other people in our town, in our community. Uh, and very fortunate, um, we've had Roger Bamber, um, who, who is, is an absolute legend, um, who did some of the, founded by Absolute Fluke, um, he he did a picture through the archways of uh, one of the railway tracks in Brighton, and it was two guys on ladders, and he always remember. I said, how do you remember who, what their names? Well, they were called John Wayne, John and Wayne, um, <laughs> two guys on these ladders. But then the more I got speaking to him, the more I found out is, you know, he's nearly 80 years old and um, there was just a landline to call. And I was literally folding him up on his landline, got his answer machine the first time. I found <laughs> no email address, nothing. I was like, oh, you know, this would be interesting. Uh, turned out to be one of the most fantastic guys I've ever met. And he took a really famous picture of David Bowie doing his makeup behind stage uh, in the Brighton Dome. Oh, wow. I don't know if you've ever seen where he's got uh, like a a pencil towards his face. Um, Mm. Roger took that picture.
0: Incredible.
1: uh, Live Aid uh, with Freddie Mercury standing with his hand up in the air. He was on stage taking one of those pictures. uh, On the beat with the Stones, he took those pictures as well. Uh, um, So, yeah, I've I've met some really incredible uh, people uh through doing this uh and, and learning their stories so on our website if you go to the blog page you get to see loads more information of the individual artists that we're working with and it's become an absolutely fascinating project
0: yeah well oh, that sounds incredible i mean the the photo that i saw uh with you know on the can that i've got is, is amazing <coughs> so to, to have that provenance as you're saying uh, of, of those photos but also from legends such as as Roger, is it? Yeah, Roger Bannister. Yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely incredible. Right. Okay. So um, I, I've got a question for you now, but this one is uh, it has not been posed by me. This one has been posed by my previous guest. Uh, I went up to North London, um, went to the tap room of Aura Brewing. Oh, Danielle. Yeah. I've okay, uh, Danielle. <laughs> I know, I know. That's right. They mentioned the Gelato series, and yeah. uh, we we talked about the, uh, the 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 forthcoming evolution of the Gelato series, which is which is looking, which sounding absolutely fantastic. Daniele's, uh head brewer Dario, because I asked the question. You know, do you want to ask a question of the of the next guest? And uh, Dario came up with uh, the question. So Dario at uh, Aura asks.
1: Uh, what's the weirdest ingredients that you would put in a beer?
0: So he's very clear that you can't say something that you have put in a beer because he said that would be too easy because mm. obviously you managed to make it work if you have put it in a beer. So it must be something that you haven't yet put in a beer, yeah. but but that you would that you would consider. So what weirdest ingredient would you put in a beer?
1: From inspiration of breweries i have seen done uh dogfish heads uh did a beer i think it was called a chicha beer where they got all the members of staff to chew on corn and um, this is from the indigenous americans used corn they would chew on it and saliva has an enzyme in it which breaks down starches and when we're mashing in so we're adding grains to water the enzymes in those mash in those uh grains break down those starches into sugars and you start with long chain sugars and go to simple chain sugars which are much easier to ferment so dogfish head who are one of the biggest inspirations for me and and, and probably the reason i got into brewing um they went around all their stuff. And they got them to chew on corn for ages, and then spit into a cup, <laughs> uh, into a bucket. This, this bucket was going around this office with everyone spitting in it. Uh, but they made a beer with it.
0: So okay. they broke down the sugars
1: from enzymes and people's mouths, uh, and made a beer of it. And that just blew my mind because it, it, you know, it is sterile. We we boil that. Then we we boil that, and you can add things to it. Uh, yeah. It, one off beer, they had to brew it again. Actually, people really wanted, and apparently, it tastes right. beautiful. I've never tried that, so,
0: okay, um, so I've
1: also seen brewers that have uh used um uh got a sample from their beard, put it in an agar dish, and then grown up the culture from that to grow a culture or a colony of microbes or, or yeast, uh, <laughs> and then of that, so. If we're on the path of the weirdest, we would go. I would probably culture something up from a human body. <laughs> oh, okay, well, yeah,
0: uh, that's that, that that, 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 that de- that definitely definitely met the criteria of the weirdest thing. <laughs> Excellent, and and strangely enough. I'd I'd want to taste that. I'd want to give it
1: a go. It would be fascinating, right? It would be be... be the science journey of how to achieve this. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: It would be so different. I mean, you know, some people might say something like beetroot, but you know, you know, you've had you've had beetroot beers and things like that. But yeah, something cultured from a human body definitely meets the criteria of weird. Right. okay okay uh so in a couple of weeks time i have a, another guest coming on the course would you like to pose a question for them
1: i would talking about ipas earlier and we're doing lots of iterations of ipas and and we're doing huge whirlpools with um to get bitterness from hops as well at different temperatures um and get huge depth of field, which we've done with our german ipa here hopefully it just got huge depth and field of flavor and character from it um my question to the next brewery would be what do you see the future of ipa being okay maybe we're saying the next two years how do you see the ipa evolving
0: right okay very good question and,
1: and then that would be you know answers around west coast east coast something in the middle it'd be just fascinating depends who you uh, who you've got on the show there it'd be really interesting to hear the feedback
0: okay i will pose that question to the next guest and uh, we'll see what they've got to say about it right brilliant thank you so much jordan for your time um it's been thank fantastic. you no no brilliant it's been fantastic talking to you and you know again I've so enjoyed those beers and and I'm really looking forward to the others as well. It's been absolutely fantastic chatting with you. I can't thank you enough for for spending the time. I look forward to coming down and visiting you in Brighton and uh, having a a pint in in person.
1: Come down. We will look after you. Absolutely, Paul. Much appreciated.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you again so much.
1: Thank you. Cheers.
0: Well, I know I say this after every interview, but it's always true. I really enjoyed chatting with Jordan and gained some very interesting insights into his brewery. Uh, A very interesting answer as well from him about the weirdest thing that he'd ever put in a beer. So I guess the question is would you try that beer? Okay, let's have a quick roundup now of my recent beery adventures. Uh, I've been busy with a lot of other projects recently, so lots of home drinking. Beers like Siren Broken Dream, uh, the Western Brewery Duo, October West and Triple Trouble, and the excellent Cloudwater Schwarzbier. Uh, I went to my regular haunt, Hop Stop, a couple of weeks ago just after the Aura episode came out and had Durations Ever Wonderful Dripping Pitch and Double Barrel's Brilliant Stout, Roger and Marcello. the most recent visit to Hopstop was for their birthday weekend. I went to the Rygate bar on Friday, devouring Hackershaw's Oktoberfest at Verdant's Road to Unruin, and Left-Handed Giant's Precious Possession, before heading to their original Oxted bottle shop on Saturday, as it was the focus of the celebrations given that it was that shop that opened six years ago. Usually it's just a takeaway, but they had a special drinking license. And my beers were Lost and Grounded Hellas, Bristol Beer Factory Lookout, Track Seventh River, and the fantastically strong, but awesome, Siren Fireside. I talk in a lot more detail about that visit uh, to those two hop stop locations for their birthday in a blog on my new website, which is www.beerprime.co.uk. So why not go over there and have a look and read that blog. That's all we got time for in this episode. Thanks again to my guest Jordan from Unbarred. Next week I'll be joined by Rich White. Who is the man behind Werewolf Brewery. The new American brewery in London. Which has recently opened in Camden. We'll be talking beer and horror films. And lots lots more. Please follow my Twitter and Instagram. I'm... At Beer Prime UK on both of those, and subscribe to this podcast where you're listening. Thanks again for listening, and cheers.